1: Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham.
2: Oh, my goodness. Valentine's Day was yesterday. So, did you love it? Well, probably, yes, if you got the perfect gift, in quotes. Not so much if you were the gift giver who didn't know what to give or where to find it, or worse, OMG, if you picked the wrong gift. Well, if you're in the latter group, it's not all your fault, says Adrian Drury at Ovum. He says, you may not know what to buy your loved one, but your retailer does. Uh Uh-huh, and there's the rub. February 14th is a double-edged relationship sword for retailers. That's right. They're in a relationship too. If they fail to help you, the consumer, buy the right gift to express your love, you're not going to show any love for their brand. Why is this happening? Well... Our other guest today, John Werfel, our second guest, says it's because of a sea change of customer buying behavior. Think of this. Price Grabber did their annual Valentine's Day shopping survey. 37% of responders said they were shopping for Valentine's Day online or using a mobile phone or an electronic tablet. If you think about the factors of gender... Age, generational preferences, ethnic preferences, the millennials, OMG again. And don't forget the newest game changer for retailers. Brand reputation can be made or broken through word of mouth on social media. Very powerful force. That's a lot to get your arms around if you're a retailer. Customer loyalty management, customer lifestyle management, big, big, big thing today. So how can a retailer get to what Becky Carroll considers the gold standard, the status of a customer's rock company? Pour a cup of Earl, OJ, or Joe and join us for Valentine's Day post-mortem retailers we love to love. If you want to tweet me your SAP Radio Coffee. I'd love to read it online, what you're drinking for your break today. And now, without further ado, let's bring on my first guest, Becky Carroll. You're the author of The Hidden Power of Your Customer's Four Keys to Growing Your Business Through Existing Customers and the founder of Petra Consulting. How was your Valentine's Day, Becky? Hey, Bonnie. Mine was absolutely great. I made a fabulous meal from
3: my family and enjoyed every minute of it.
2: Sounds wonderful. Was there any retail play in there anywhere? Did you do any shopping, buy any gifts? How were you treated, Becky?
3: I I did. I do a lot of my shopping online, but I noticed some interesting things when I went into my uh, local grocery store yesterday to purchase some of the food for my special Valentine's dinner. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, it was people kind of in at the last minute, and most of them were holding flowers, chocolate, and a card.
4: And uh, it was very
3: interesting to watch the interactions there. They all looked a little bit like a deer in the headlights, a little bit lost. Um, You know, and to be honest, perhaps people are only going into retailers to buy Valentine's gifts. You know, these same retailers they might not visit all year or maybe one other time during the year. But but every time they go into that retailer, you know, because it's so seldom Each time they talk with them or each time they have an experience, it really makes an impact on what they think about that retailer and whether they're going to go back again.
2: Correct. And I have a quote from you, a very telling quote here, Becky. You say, it can take only one bad experience to ruin all all the other positive interactions a customer has had with an organization for this reason the customer experience cannot be left to chance very telling has it always been that way do you think it's exasperated exacerbated both today with everything i talked about in terms of the sea change of customer behavior becky
3: i think that today is even more important than ever because when the experience goes wrong we have those mobile phones that are right there at our fingertips ready to tweet out about the frustration, standing in line too long, didn't have the color I wanted. You know, it used to be a private thing, really, between a person and a business, unless they decided to write the newspaper about their bad experience. But today, every bad experience is incredibly public, and I think that's making retailers sweat a bit.
2: That's a good point. I remember in the old days, which were not that not that many years ago, you'd say, oh, I want to write a letter to the editor. Do you think they'll publish it? Today, the editor has nothing to say about it. You are tweeting. You are blogging. You are everywhere in your voice counts. And I just want to tell everybody about your wonderful book, The Hidden Power of Your Customers. And we are going to cover later in the show your four keys. And the word rock is so well put, Becky. R is for relevant marketing. What else is it all about? O is for orchestrated customer experience. C in ROCK stands for Customer-Focused Culture and the K, I love this one Killer Customer Service and that's what it's all about So Becky, I'm going to move on to our second guest I want to get everybody in on the first segment today so our audience can hear all the different voices Adrian Drury has spent his career in the mobile and digital media space. Today, he leads Obam's consumer IT and integrated media team, covering the impact of IT consumerization on the engagement model. Adrian, this is a lot for me to read, but more important, you're a founding—you were a founding employee and head of strategy and business development at the Cloud, Europe's largest wireless hotspot network. Adrian, how do you think Europe and the Cloud were dealing with Valentine's Day? Is it as popular over there as it is here in the states?
4: Oh, Valentine's is a big event over here in Europe. Um, certainly, here certainly in the UK where I'm based, yeah, people absolutely go for it. And you know, when I was on my way back from work on Monday evening, you know, like Becky, I saw a lot of people doing exactly the same thing, running around at the last minute, looking for that, looking for some flowers and a box of chocolates. Probably not really with much of an idea about what their other half really wanted.
2: Mm. And this is
4: a really interesting point right now because maybe their other half yet want something completely different and their retailer or even the search engine that they've been using is holding a lot of information about exactly what the preference of that individual might be. So that's important information to get you beyond just the the, the flowers and the box of chocolates point. You can maybe get something for your other half, which is a little bit more tailored to them. And that, this is a really important, this is a really important, uh, piece of the puzzle that retailers get to play with their customer service, that they can make sure that, you know, their customers get the right product when they want it, yep, and on the device that they want it if they're searching for it. Um, and there's okay. some very interesting opportunities of how they can get that to their other half as well, because but most guys out there, you know, if they're out mm-hmm. shopping for stuff other than groceries, and most of the time they're shopping for their other half, actually. So get, enabling retailers to get them information that helps them make that purchasing decision is a really important part of the process.
2: And, Adrian, I have a wonderful quote you sent me before the show that is on point with what Becky just said and what you just said, and I'm sure what our next guest, John Werfel, will say. You say, quote, the most, this is really telling – The most valuable piece of real estate is a corner of someone's mind. The second most valuable is going to be a corner of someone's smartphone. I think we should put that up on a billboard somewhere, Adrian. What made you think of this? That that's pretty important. Comparing real estate to the smartphone, do you really think that it's that much of a person's life today?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So what's the you know what's the big game changing piece of hardware? in our lives today, and that is the smartphone. I mean, we towards the end of this year, we'll get to a point where around about a billion smartphone devices will be shipping into the market. That's a lot of people in developed markets with Android yep, and iPhones, and these are devices that are pervasively connected um, and are with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and are providing you as a customer access to web services in a range of different contexts. So you have access to web services through your smartphone while you're watching TV. You have access to web services while you're um, on public transport. You have access to web services while you're out shopping. And Mm -hmm. the pervasive nature of these devices is absolutely changing the way that we make decisions as consumers when we're looking to go and buy products, we are using our smartphones, we're using Google, for example, on our mobile phone to find out information about new products or different products when we go into a store. We are using them, using it for price comparison. It's a really Thank important you. thing that retailers have to recognize.
0: But Absolutely. also for and retailers, and Adrian...
4: they become a really important channel in which to be able to communicate with customers as well.
2: Thanks, Adrian. I want to bring on our third voice so that we get John Werfel. I've dropped your name all over the place, John, and I read one of your quotes, but I have another one today. John Werfel, welcome. You're the retail solution principal at SAP. How was your Valentine's Day?
5: It was great. I really had a good time with it. I, uh, I wanted to comment on something both Becky and Adrian said. I, I, I agree with Becky's uh, thoughts, and I, I, I see it as a sort of a compressed version of Christmas. By and large, it's a commercial holiday for most of us. It just doesn't have the on-ramp, the ability to line up and queue up and get into the holiday. So you gotta get in, you gotta be very surgical about it, and execute upon it. And that, that's the challenge for retailers, because they have to have a point of presence and be ready to deliver in a much narrower window than what a regular seasonal holiday would allow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and relative to Adrian's comment about the top of mind and There's no doubt that the smartphone has replaced our wallet or is replacing our wallet. Mm. But that by itself I don't think defines a superior experience. So nowadays you can download a dozen apps that will help you be a better shopper or a dozen apps that will help you find where to find exactly what you're looking for. The question is can it deliver upon the exact experience that who you are as a shopper wants to have. So it always goes back to what's a superior experience.
2: John, I I can't believe these are such tweetable comments you're all making. I'm hoping somebody is capturing these and getting them out over PoundSign SAP Radio and pound Sign SAP Radio Coffee. But I have one more quote you sent me, John, that I would like to bring up. It's very interesting, a little twist on what we're talking about. You say, it's more powerful to know who your customer isn't than to know who your customer is. Give me a 30-second comment on that before we go to break, please, John Werfel.
5: Well, there's no doubt we're in the age of big data. So as a consequence, it's very easy to want to grab everything you know about your consumer. But if you're not careful, you end up looking like a hoarder stuck in a house somewhere at risk of having that data fall on top of you. You've got to have the tools to be able to make the right selections and make very powerful decisions so that you have a better return on your marketing spend.
2: Thank you, John. And when we come back in our second segment, we're going to talk a little more about Becky's book. We're going to talk a little bit about more what Adrian does for all of this retail lifecycle management when we come back. And I also want to talk, John, about your blog, Loyalty in the Age of Entitlement. That's another very important factor today is what do we think we as a consumer are entitled to? Are we special? Are we the gold? Are we the silver? Are we the bronze? Are we insulted easily when we don't get in the special? To the special lane or get that special embossed invitation in the mail from a company we may have only done business with once or want to do maybe in the future so it's just so complicated today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham we're going through a post mortem of Valentine's Day 2012. How was yours? Why don't you tweet us your experience to pound sign SAP radio and tell us what you're drinking for your coffee break today. It can be coffee, tea, water anything alcoholic. We don't care. We just want to hear about it at pound Sign SAP Radio Coffee. We'll be right back with lots more of Coffee Break with Game Changers right here on the Business Channel. Justin, give us a break.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere and on any device. www.sap.com. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways?
0: No family can survive on two incomes anymore, let alone one. If you are supplementing your family's income working from home, then tune into The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio. Host Deb Bixler brings you sales tips, lead generation systems, and best business practices that guarantee direct sales success. Whether you're looking for a little extra cash or a career change, The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio, will give you proven systems that will work in your home business. The Cash Flow Show. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers.
2: Welcome back and let's kick off segment number two, finding out what our coffee break favorites are for my special guest today. Becky, Carol, what's in your cup this morning wherever you are?
3: I am in San Diego and I am drinking purified water out of my hot pink Camelback. I always drink water in the mornings. It gets me hydrated. It gets me going.
2: I've heard that's a great trick for getting your day started. They say eat breakfast first. Now they say drink water first. New habit I'm going to start. Thank you. Adrian Drury, what are you drinking today? Where are you?
4: I'm, I'm in London right now, and I'm drinking black coffee out of a cafetiere. It's 4.20, my time in London, and it's definitely coffee time.
2: Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 4 p.m. What about high tea? Don't we do that anymore?
4: Um, I, I'm unfortunately, in my office, we don't have tea and cakes that come round. but I've got to make sure that that does happen now.
2: Well, when we're going to bring you back on the show in a couple of months, we're going to have to have a high-tea report from you. And, John Werfel, where are you today, and what's in your cup?
5: I'm in a clear, sunny, crisp San Francisco this morning, and my morning is always green tea. I have a really nice cup of green tea rocking here right now.
2: Very nice, and let's do a couple of shout-outs here. We have Malcolm today in Palo Alto, and he is drinking Equator Alligator French, but he says, don't let the name fool you. There is no bite in this cup. He's a big fan of Equator coffees. And let's see, we have, uh, Becky, you're tweeting about what you're going to be drinking. You've already told us that, and I'm waiting for my Twitter to refresh here because I know we had tweets from Kristen and from Wendy, and let's see what we have here. I don't want to hold us up, but... Here we go. I'm gonna to have to get those tweets back. We'll come back in a minute with those. So let's go to the age of entitlement. John, that's pretty powerful. Is are we back to the me generation, the I I I? Is this just millennials or is this all ages?
5: It's all ages. I think we're we're seeing a time when consumers want to feel feel special, especially post the the deep recession that occurred in two thousand eight. People want to get back to um being able to say i do stand out from the crowd and the challenge is for retailers to be able to understand them much more uniquely and to play upon that so if you understand someone likes organics or if someone has a sentiment towards a local affinity for a school you should, the retailer needs to be able to leverage that data to be able to make them that uh, consumer feel entitled, drive a better experience because of that, and as a result, see the rewards in terms of retention and in terms of engagement with the customer.
2: Becky, what do you say about that?
3: I think that it's really important to try to establish rapport. And, you know, in these days, as we were talking about early on at at the break, you know, the, the entitlement with social media, is really, really going far because, you know, they are out there and they feel like, hey, we're the most important thing. And in a sense, they are. They're your customer. They're in the door. If you don't have customers, you've got a hobby, so you better look at them as important. Um, But because of this sense of entitlement, I do feel that um, probably especially some of the millennials go to their cell phones and start texting or tweeting or sharing on Facebook, most likely, what they're feeling and what they want to have happen is they want to have a retailer respond. You know, um, statistics say that 58% of people who complain on social media want some kind of response via social media. But the problem is only 22% of them are actually getting those responses. Now, if that was happening in our call centers, those people who were in charge would be, heads would roll, right? (laughs) They'd be fired. So it's really important to understand how these behaviors are changing, and we need to start changing our internal processes um, to work with those.
5: Uh, Becky, this is John. I, I, I agree with you totally. The challenge for the consumer is to realize that the retailer needs to realize that all consumers are equal, but some are more equal than others. And that's a tough equation for the consumer to get their mind around.
3: But, again, the consumer really doesn't care. You know, who else is out there? or Who else is tweeting? Um, I'm the consumer, and I may, like the movie Pretty Woman, you know, they may have thought when Julia Roberts walked in that she was not more entitled than anyone else, that she was not more important than anyone else, but as it turns out, she had a credit card with a lot of money on it, but she just didn't look like it. So it, it takes, I think we're not quite there at our level of sophistication yet to know which consumers are more important than other consumers in the aspect of which ones are most
2: valuable long-term to our businesses. Um, but it's something we have to figure out quickly. And in real time. Becky, so, I, I love hearing so, the reference to a movie from so far back before we had all this social media. Uh, I have a question for Question, great, I don't think we're dating ourselves, but it is nice to know that movies like that are still, okay, are still classics. I have a question for Adrian. What should, we'll kick off another part of this, another aspect. What should retailers know about us, the consumer, and what information should they keep? At what point is it, wow, look what they know about me, and at what point is How much do they know about me? Is this big brother, big sister? Are they intruding on my life? Uh, Let's start with Adrian and let's all go through this. What is the fine line between life cycle management from the retailer's point of view and privacy? I always like to bring this up because I think it's a real concern for so many people. Adrian, you want to start us?
4: Yeah, the the two key words here are value exchange. And Mm. that is that if you are going to give permission to a retailer to hold some of your data or have access to some of your time either through your, either through your smartphone or through your PC, then you need to be getting some benefit from that retailer. They need to be delivering you a service that really rewards you and delivers above and beyond your expectation. This is exactly what John was saying. Yep they need to be giving you some kind of service yep a range of rewards that really makes you feel special as an individual and rewards you for having a brand relationship with them and in the same way if you're going to trade if if they're asking to you to exchange data with them yep there has to be that level of value exchange as well so if they're going to deliver you a personal service They've got to be delivering you a service. They've got to be delivering you information about stuff that's actually useful to you that yep. you actually want to know about. So that let's say it's the day before Valentine's.
5: Mm-hmm. You
4: don't have an idea about maybe where you want to go for dinner on actual Valentine's evening and what you're going to buy your other half. And at that point, actually a set of messages from a retailer Why don't you go and buy this product? Why don't you go to this restaurant? That's actually a valuable service. Yep, And that's when it becomes a value exchange rather than a third party just hoarding data (coughs) about you for them to use at their behest.
2: Interesting. So that's our fine line is that it's not just, hey, I know this about you. It's I know this about you and I can help you. I think that's where we're going with this. Becky, talk to me a little bit about how do we map? How does a retailer map the customer's experience? What do you mean by map? And is this part of what you call the customer's rock company? Do they know how to do this uniquely well?
3: (laughs) I think that we're getting better and better at it. So when I say map out the customer's experience, what I mean is put on your customer lenses Go out there and look at your company from their perspective. They're getting ready for Valentine's Day. How are they finding out about you? And when they find out about you, they drive to your store. What's the parking lot like? Is it hard to park or the space is small? They go in. What does the store layout look like? Does someone greet them? What's the whole experience? Um, How is it to make the purchase? And then afterwards, was there follow-up? Did you... Indicate to them that you cared about them. So what is the entire experience, not even just with your retailer, but if you're selling a product, what's the experience with the product? Pre-purchase, actual purchase experience, and then post-purchase, and maybe even the recycling experience. So looking across that entire customer life cycle from their perspective, not our sales cycle, but their customer life cycle, and being able to map that out, you learn a lot if you can map out what are all the different touch points that this customer mm-hmm. is having with us and then understand at each touch point, is there data that's being interchanged? What is it? And does the next touch point have the data they need to make that interchange successful and useful and relevant to the customer? As Adrian was just saying, that's so important, is that relevancy piece. And then where are the best practices in this experience? Are there some parts of the organization that are really hitting it out of the park and other parts of the organization that maybe need a little bit of help? Or that are causing a lot of pain. So, if you can take and look from, you know, an impartial customer perspective, what's happening as they interact with you, your organization, your call center, your retail stores, your website, your social media. Don't forget mm-hmm. that part because so many of us outsource that part that they kind of don't sure. think too much about it. Um, then, if you can map that experience out you're going to know better how to serve your customer the next time around and even based on what you know about that customer, how to tailor that experience based on their needs and preferences that you already have in your databases.
2: Thank you, Becky. John, I want to get you in here before we finish this segment. You're the retail solution principal at SAP and your job is to help retailers manage their shoppers, their most valuable asset in their business. How hard is it to tell this message, what, what Becky has written about so well in her book, The Hidden Power of Your Customers? Do you have to literally knock their head against a wall and say, hey, listen up. It's not about you and what you want to do. It's about making sure the customer has the most wonderful experience every single time. How are Receptive are they to that flip of their thinking, John Werfel?
5: Well, first off, all, I would never be so uh, harsh as to uh, propose violence to anybody, but the, the <laughs> fact of the matter remains... <laughs> that I said it with re-
2: love, you know that.
5: Yeah, I know, but uh, retailers have almost this obsession with the tangible assets of their business. They know assortment and product. They know seasonality because they can touch a calendar. They can look at a map and see their stores. But the one thing they can't give tangible nature to is the consumer. And that's why collecting data gives form and dimension to a consumer so you understand all the different categories of demographics, ethnographics, and psychographics of a, of a set of shoppers and be able to actually, and then you have to take that information and make alchemy. It's transmutable because you should be able to turn that into resident offers, a, a demand-driven system that says, I put on my shelf February 14th what I know people want from me because it is Valentine's Day. So it's that fourth dimension of retail that becomes a very powerful equation. But retailers in North America, Or just getting to the point of establishing the baseline foundations of systems that can, A, scale to the volumes of having 20, 50, 100 million customers, and then being able to get their minds around, what am I going to do with it now? Because at the same time, we hear the explosion of social media at seemingly an infinite number of touch points that all want to be rewired into one another.
2: Thank you for that, John. I want to catch up on some of our coffee orders here. Kristen says, after her early morning cross-training aerobics workout. Oh, Kristen, I'm tired already. Her breakfast beverage is Fiji's highest quality, H2O. Good for her. She's getting ready to fit into a wedding dress. Lisa said, uh, let's see. No, that was Lisa retweeting. Wendy is drinking a strawberry smoothie. Um Ray Wong, welcome, is drinking cappuccino. Greg Chase is drinking just the right amount of Starbucks. Lisa is drinking hazelnut coffee. And that's our, those are our coffee break orders for today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We just wrapped up coffee break here. The first half will be right back with plenty more from my very special guests, Becky Carroll and Adrian Drury and John Werfel. And we'll be talking more in depth about Mm, All this good stuff, so many big words and buzzwords flying around. We're just going to keep going about Valentine's Day post-mortem. What was it like for you? And We're going to project, we're going to get into early our crystal ball. What can we hope Valentine's will be like better next year? Okay, Justin, take it away. We'll be right back after the break.
1: The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems For secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device, www.sap.com. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, SAPRADIO. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers.
2: Yes, Les, we had a couple of tweets during the break. Margot is drinking sweet point decaf. Always glad to hear from the lovely Margot on radio days. We had a tweet from Malcolm. He said his wife once mentioned that she loved a special variety of rose. So what did he do for Valentine's Day? He gave her the entire living rose bush. Aww. Beautiful, beautiful Malcolm. Isn't that lovely, Becky? That's so nice. <laughs> it's so romantic. I've met them. They're a lovely couple. And Kathy, bravo for you to have such a a thoughtful husband. So Becky, I want to push out not to our crystal ball segment yet which where we where we go to 2017, but let's talk about we're already one oh this is good. We're already one day into the Valentine's Day 2013 buying cycle. As of today, we're one day into the next year. So we've talked a lot about how retailers need to learn. We've talked about the, the big data, we've talked about how they they are facing social media and the consumerization of IT lot of things floating around here. What do you see is happening right now as we're speaking, Becky, that retailers might be very aware of because of the numbers that are just coming in from yesterday's sales? What do you think?
3: I think they're learning how much social media was really used in that sale and how much people were talking about um, sales with social media. I mean, if you just look at the Grammys from this last weekend, there were 39.9 million viewers and 13 million social media comments on it. So you know, we're beginning to really interact. So where they could be, say, next year is if they begin to learn how to take some of that social media information that they learn about you, your social media activity, along with what they already know about you, it might look like this. Hey, you know, a week ahead of time, or two weeks ahead of time, hey, Tuesday mm-hmm. the 14th is Valentine's Day, actually next should be Wednesday, morning. Wednesday the 14th yeah. is Valentine's Day, here's what you got last year, here's what you purchased for your loved one last year, and mm. we'd like to make your life easier You can pre-order something. You don't have to worry about going to the store. Based on, you know, what we know about you, and of course they say that in a way that doesn't freak them out, here are a few options that we can help you put together so that you have the best Valentine's Day ever this year. And the retailer can do that because they've tapped into these customers and looked at them individually and understand their individual needs and preferences and what they have purchased and and what their affiliations are. and So if they use things like SCRM, social CRM, which is just beginning to come around and people are just beginning to talk about, they can then use that strategically year-round Keep up the relationship with these customers throughout the year via the con- the consumer's preferred method of talking with them. Now, this Valentine's Day interaction that comes along and says, "Hey, you know, we'll help you. We've been talking to you. You know us. We know you. Let's make it easier for you. Let's pre-order your Valentine's gift now." That becomes a no-brainer because you've had this ongoing social media relationship with them throughout the year, based on what you know about them, and putting it back into your CRM system based on what you know about them as a customer as well.
2: Becky, I'm not sure if you realize what you just said when you started speaking. You talked about this is what you did last year, meaning 2012, and this is what we can help you plan. What you did is talk about a relationship game changer that is subtle but so important to many couples where the husband or the wife, boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever the mix and match is – doesn't remember what they did last year, but the other person does. And when you talked about the retailer reminding the buyer, this is what you did last year, I am HO in my humble opinion, that alone could be a major game changer for couples where somebody doesn't remember. You know, we always see sitcoms where somebody doesn't even remember the date of the birthday, That's the anniversary. Right. It's the fodder for funny commercials and sitcoms. And I think you have touched on another part of customer service, which is helping us remember those special days and what we did. It also brings back, talking about you, are talking about Pretty Woman. Uh, do you, anybody remember Maurice Chevalier and Hermione Gingold? And I think the movie was Gigi, OMG. And... Um, the, li- the song was, Yes, I Remember It Well. Mm-hmm. And she said, We met in May. He says, No, it was June or the other way around. She said, this, The sky was blue. She said, It was dark at night. Yes, I remember it well. So this to me is another very important part. John, uh, Adrian, who wants to talk about this, this extra service that the retailer can provide? And they might not even realize how important it is. To the consumer, that somebody's helping them get this all organized. Who wants to go in on this?
4: Well, so it's Adrian here. I mean, I think yes. this comes back again to you know, the point that John was making in the last segment that this is about delivering a you know a personalized service, very delivering a great service that you know exploits the information that you have about the customer and that you've been given that data on the basis that you are providing them that that good service. And, you know, to the point about mobile, the fact that you you as a retailer now have access to your customers for a far greater share of their day than you would if you were just trying to communicate with them by the web when they were looking at a desktop PC gives you more opportunity to remind them either what they've done last year or potentially to Becky's point, and this is is the the social issue, potentially what their peers, what other individuals within their social network are doing to enable you to discover and be recommended other services, other products or other restaurants, for example, that that you might want to engage with to buy or to book at um, this time next year.
2: There you go. And, and John, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the 21st century marketing organization. What would it look like? Would it instantly be smart enough to get somebody to what Becky calls the customer's rock status as a company, or is it something that is going to evolve over a good part of the 21st century? What do you think?
5: Well, it, it, it will. It's coming about, and I expect to see a lot of it within this dec- this current decade. Uh, as, a, as a predicate, it establishes the real-time organization, meaning I'm working with data in the now, not in the data of yesterday or last Sunday, and that's a that's a burden. But it also assumes a baseline and a discipline of customer information that's pervasive throughout the enterprise, that's treat, treated as a sacred source of information, and as a result is leveraged in very key moments. But I want to go back to something... That Becky and Adrian are talking about, and that is what you do in 2013 as, as to make sure that that shopping experience trumps what you did this year. And that, yes. that means a, a sentience of, of systems that if they know that you've had a life change, perhaps somehow you've indicated that you've had a child in the meantime or ah. perhaps you're no longer in the same status of relationship, that means mm-hmm. these systems have to be smart enough so that if you don't go and certainly offer something that would be inappropriate to someone, such as a Valentine's Day offer when you're fully aware that they're now their status has changed to single. So you take these real-time systems and you use them day by day and you live, live by them and you succeed by them.
2: That's the cutting-edge sword for retailers, isn't it? Knowing enough, knowing how to apply it smartly. I'm going to throw this out to all three of you, Becky, Adrian, and John. Who gets to be so smart that they can figure all this out? I know we have big data and I know we have in memory computing and I know we have real time slash right time analytics, but there's always, always has to be a person in the organization who embraces this, who says, we, I've heard about Becky Carroll's book. We want to be a customer's rock company. Somebody has to lead the charge, has to be in the vanguard, has to be the banner waiver who says, it's not working or not working well enough what we've been doing all along whether it's a new company a mature company or anything in between what is the mindset of the dna if you will of the person who says it's really time for us to get on board anybody
3: i don't think it's a i don't think it's a position in the organization i think it's an individual who has a passion to make sure that the company has customers in their dna and that they've got a, a customer-focused culture. So it's a little bit different from a customer-centric business, but a culture where it just permeates everything. We've got, you know, servant leadership showing what we should be doing to take care of customers. And when we understand how we need to create our relevant marketing and our orchestrated customer experience um, and that killer customer service, we're able to say, now, this is the implication in our our. IT systems, and this is the information we need to hold, so we don't get that recommendation wrong when they're now single and last year they were married. You know, here's the implications to our customer service team. Here's the implications to our social media team. And again, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's necessarily one individual um, title, but mm-hmm. someone who can drive that kind of change throughout the organization. It's a big change. It's going to be easier for companies that are have more have that bent than someone who's starting from you know kind of traditional marketing and still doing a lot of direct marketing without a lot of the smart
2: input that goes into it. Great point. Thank you, Becky. Adrian, before we go to break, you want to take that one as well from your position, from your vantage point, I should say, at Ovum. What are you seeing in terms of the mindset, the DNA? How is it going from a global perspective and what's going on in Europe? Are companies really getting this yet?
4: Uh, So I, I completely agree with Becky that this is not about one individual Yep, this is about different parts of the organization really having to work together collaboratively. So this is about the CMO managing how customers are being onboarded to the organization, how our customers are being activated and being smart about how they're allocating marketing spend and doing campaign performance management. And it, But this is also about operations and customer care and at the heart of the relationship between both those parties is the CIO who is governing how that data is being used. And this really takes collaboration between those three different stakeholders within the organization. And when we look around at customer-facing organizations that are being really smart about exploiting not just their proprietary data that they hold within their CRM systems that they hold about their customers, but also other third-party data assets to make sure that they are delivering the best possible personalized service, that's coming because of great collaboration between those three different parties.
2: Thank you, Adrian. Good segment. We're getting ready to take our final break. When we come back, it will be our iconic crystal ball segment. I'll be asking my guests to take a look at retailers who survive the next five years. What will they be using in terms of the evolving game changing tools we've been talking about to reach influence gain and retain existing and new customers better in 2017 and then i have a, a ringer surprise question i'm going to toss it all of you use your imagination when we come back you're listening to coffee break with game changers i'm bonnie d Graham speaking today to becky carroll adrian drury and john werfel don't even think of touching that dial or however you're listening we're coming back in two minutes okay justin <laughs>
1: Being here with Ariel
5: and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment.
1: Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Seventh Wave Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device, www.sap.com. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers.
2: And welcome back. We have a tight final segment here. My three special guests are waiting eagerly to weigh in on what they think will happen to retailers in terms of those who do and don't embrace and grasp the value of today's game-changing tools to reach, influence, gain, and retain existing and new customers better in 2017. Becky Carroll, ladies first, please. Well, if I look at... Five years from now, but in order to do
3: that, I need to briefly look back five years when Facebook was barely out of college. Twitter mm. started within the past year in 2007. People were using their phones only for texting or making phone calls. And Super Bowl ads were barely driving customers online. And as I mentioned a minute ago, today, you know, just this last weekend, the Grammys had almost 40 million viewers and there were 13 mm. million social media comments. That blows every other television show out of the water, every other entertainment event out of the water as far as the amount of social interaction. You know, people want to talk to each other about everything, TV, shopping, and life. Right. So in five years, it's still going to be about that. It's still going to be about people-to-people relationships. So the social shopping is going to become so much more important. And when we look at social shopping, we look at, you know, in five years, people transparently being able to view what their friends are doing as they're going shopping or shopping with them virtually. We see it now, right? They're taking a picture. They're sending it to their friends. What do you think about this outfit? Recommendation engines are going to be based not on friends, but on people who have customer needs or preferences that are similar to yours, and that's how they're going to make these recommendations. It's people who are like you, who have the same kind of needs as you. Um, We know this because we have all the data, and we can feed that back to you, really, really smart recommendations socially so you can act on them instantly.
2: Thank you, Becky. And quick bonus question. Any new holidays you think might be on the Hallmark calendar and the Hallmark card rack by 2017? Yes, no, and what would it be real fast? If this one comes
3: true, I want a piece of it. Facebook Friends Day.
2: I love it. Adrian Drury, let's start with you. What holiday do you think will be added by 2017, and then how are retailers going to survive? What do you think?
4: I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go for Facebook on Friend Day. Yeah, which is like the equivalent of spring cleaning (laughs) where you clean out your social networks of people that you you kind of followed at some point but don't really add any value to your social network.
2: Okay, and what about retailers in 2017? Will they be smarter? And any particular tools you think they will have used to survive the next five years?
4: By 2017, if retailers aren't using everything that we've spoken about on this show to really deliver a great personalized experience through whatever channel the customer wants to engage with them, they're going to be in a lot of trouble because there are going to be a lot of web-centric retailers out there that otherwise would just use their shops as showrooms yep, to sell their own wares. So guys that are coming out of the web market understand exactly how to go and use re- um, recommendation and discovery to drive <clears throat> a really personal customer experience. And if bricks and mortars retailers don't do the same thing, they are just going to become showrooms for these guys.
2: Thank you, Adrian Jury. Great perspective. And John Werfel, what do you think? First of all, what's your holiday you think will be on the books or in the cards? By, I like that, the holiday in the cards by 2017. You want to nominate one?
5: Yeah, I nominate Offline Day where people will actually see places <laughs> on the planet where they have no access to the Internet, wireless, cell phone, and they'll actually take time to actually interact with the physical world instead of the heavily digitized and virtualized world we live in.
2: And that's supposed to be called a vacation day in the old-fashioned lingo. And what do you think of what retailers are going to have to do to survive to 2017, John?
5: Well, for the longest time, marketing execution has meant what you did to the vice president of marketing a year after the plan failed. That age age will be passed because by then closed-loop marketing systems will give real-time measures to effectiveness so that marketing becomes not a voodoo but a business science and that as a result, better productivity and efficiency for organizations and most importantly, retailers use it as an element of sustainability for their growth.
2: Thank you very much. I'm going to take a moment here to tell everybody what's coming up on the show in the coming weeks. Next week, February 22nd, a week from today, we'll be talking about, ah, this is a good segue from today, business intelligence goes on the road, mobile analytics. On February 29th, we will go back to a very meaty topic, one we covered last week. We will continue CIO transformation, the 21st century tech leaders, how their role is changing, and we'll take more ideas on how we should change the type CIO to any one of a number of other alphabet soup configurations. On March 7th, we'll be talking about hey, what is the show about? Game changers. Game changers who are changing the game for their companies through innovation. And a brand new topic on March 14th the smart grid. Today's utility companies and big data. Everybody's going to want to hear that and hear from some experts about what really goes on behind the scenes with utility companies. How do they really know your usage and your habits? And how fast do they know? that you didn't pay how many months of bills hello so those are the upcoming topics and I want to do some shout outs of course thank you to Patricia Harris Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, a shout out to Kathy Kimberlin, <laughs> hello to Wendy and Nesbeth, and always thank you to Margot and Courtney and Kristen. You know who you are, and thank you to the staff at the Business Channel. I think we have about two minutes left, which is amazing. So let's just do a little round table chat here. Uh, Becky, closing thoughts. I'll give you thirty seconds. What do you think about Valentine's Day? Will it have been good or bad for retailers in twenty twelve? Your thoughts.
3: I think it's it's going to be a good year. I saw a lot of people out there. I see people being more and more willing to, to spend, and I think they're feeling better. So cautiously optimistic is the way I would look at it, and I just think there's um, tons of potential for it to get better from here.
2: Do you think Valentine's Day is going to change, Becky? Do you think it will always be roses and perfume and candy and flowers and fancy dinners? Uh, Do you, From a woman's POV and from your customer's rock POV, do you think that it will morph into something different or, I don't know, special in different ways? I think it's so different for
3: everybody, and that's what's so great about all of us is that we're all unique and we all have what we love. Some love flowers, some love food, some love chocolate, and some love something completely different, and that's what makes us all really special.
2: I'll take them all. I spent my Valentine's Day at Dave & Buster's playing arcade games and had a blast. Very different gaming type of day. Adrian, will Valentine's Day change in, change in any measurable way in your point of view?
4: Well, what I hope is, again, everything we've been discussing here helps all those guys out there get away from just a box of chocolates and a bunch of flowers at the last minute kind of model hopefully the recommendation and discovery tools that we've been talking about will give, will enable people to have a few more ideas. And as a result, their other halves may get some slightly more inventive gifts in the future rather than that box of chocolates and bunch of flowers picked up at the last minute. Interesting.
2: And John, any thoughts on Valentine's Day? Will it morph along with the tools we're giving retailers today?
5: Um, I think that Um, Yes, it will morph because as consumers become more reliant on the purchasing on the web, retailers will get better at making sure everything's delivered on the day, if not before. I think we had a great uh, Valentine's Day this year. If nothing else, predicated on that 300% increase I paid for a dozen
2: roses. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for somebody to put some dollars and make sense out of it. I want to thank my very special guest. Becky Carroll, author of The Hidden Power of Your Customers, Four Keys to Growing Your Business Through Existing Customers. Best wishes with the book. And thank you so much, Becky. Great insights. Appreciate it so much. Adrian Drury from Ovum. Lovely to have a voice from the UK today, Adrian. And I hope you'll come back and join us at some time in the future on another show. And John Werfel from SAP. Terrific insights. And I'm sure your retail customers really appreciate what you have to offer. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thanks for joining us for another coffee break with game changers we hope your valentine's day was very special and hey we've given you a heads up start planning for next year and find a retailer who will partner with you to make it happen talk to you next week right here on coffee break with game changers bye bye